With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I'm afraid to. <laughs> I'm afraid to do it. We're talking. Fa- we're talking fantasy. Our fantasy hockey league. You know, da- daily. Our daily roster adjustments. Um, howdy, all. Uh, first, we'll start just with the uh, congratulating, uh, begrudgingly, the Houston Astros for winning the World Series uh, with a dominant two innings. And I've never seen Russ a, a team have more uh, bad, more people on base and choke. I mean, for 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 those who are saying that Aaron Judge struck out too much in the playoffs, oh my God, Cody Bellinger, what was it, sixteen, seventeen times? And this I mean, is, a, yeah, it was ridiculous. I get that you like his power, but I, I here's what I want to say. First off, congrats to the people in Houston. I mean, I always, I I spent a year there in college, and I felt an affinity to people down there for sure. And got to know the culture a little bit. And, you know, and I, I appreciated it. I didn't appreciate going to my only football game at the Astrodome and watching them beat the Jets. But I appreciated everything else. Um, watching the Oilers beat the Jets back in the day. But um, <laughs> but it is a good baseball town. And it's, and it's weird in my brain still to sort of see uh, the changeover for them as an American League team. But at least they've won now. And, and that's good for them. The one thing they did yesterday... And, and, and I felt like they won this game in the first inning, honestly. Yes. The Dodgers just are sitting waiting for that three-run homer. They just are. They're that team. And you can't be that team when you're in the postseason because the bats go dry. You see, like, Bellinger. When the bats dry out, you've got to have guys and that make good outs. And there were some great outs by Houston, right side of the infield, runners advanced. Right. You know, they didn't have to bunt. I'm a fan of bunting, and I know that the younger people don't like bunting. But when you hit to the right side of the infield, it's as good as a bunt. And so they did those things. They manufactured two runs in that first inning, even though they may have choked in other innings, like they had bases loaded and, and they couldn't do anything with it. Same as the Dodgers, but two of the guys were on base because they got hit. Mm. I just felt like the Dodgers didn't know how to move runners along. They didn't know how to do any of that. No. And they kept waiting for somebody to hit a three-run homer or a grand slam and that's why they, I think that's why they lost. Well, I, I think it was Smoltz said during the broadcast, you know, especially with Bellinger up in a couple situations, he's trying to hit a seven run home yeah. run. And it's like, you know, I'm not saying, you know, choke up, up, hit a base hit, man. Right. I'm not saying choke up on the bat like Brett Butler and right. slap it. But I mean, you cut back on your swing a little bit. Like go, go to left field like he did in, in, in the playoffs previously. He was just trying to jack the ball out of the park. And it's, you know, it, it was just stupid. And All right, now let's, let's take one minute for trash talk for Jets Buffalo. Now in a lot of other years, I would be, just killing you, right? Because Buffalo is one of my hated teams. Buffalo and Miami are actually more hated in my mind than New England. Like, I hate Belichick. Right. But when I growing up, New England wasn't a, wasn't an issue. It was always Buffalo and Miami. So they're, they're really in my mind still two teams I don't like. And well, because, because, because they're in your neighborhood in terms of mediocrity in the AFC East, they've always, you yeah. know, they've been elbowing the same territory for the last 40 years. Knee-jerk reaction, I always want to beat the Bills, but I don't hate this Bills team to the point where if the Bills even won the division, I wouldn't care that much. Yeah. I'm sort of in that boat right now because the Jets are in nowhere land, so it's like, whatever. I hope they win the game, but if they don't, I'm not going to kill you on it. I mean, the, the Bills would be doing the Jets a favor in terms of their end goal. I mean, if they if the Bills win, right. you know, right. it helps the Jets get there in the pursuit of the quarterback. That's true. Yep. But 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 this is see the, from here's the point of the Buffalo fan and and I, I'm still immune to it because I'm still skeptical. But they're just starting to get people excited now. They're five and two. Well, they got a receiver. They got a receiver. They're in the playoff race. This is the time that they're gonna that they usually 
choke that they yeah. usually will lose to a team that they shouldn't. And then all of a sudden there's the great realization that this team is not that good. You know, they, they've done a lot of positive things. They've gotten rid of a few players. I mean, I, I, I said, uh, I said online after they traded Marcel Darius, their defensive tackle, that convenience stores in Western New York were heartbroken because there would be no more bong induced uh, munchie runs uh, <laughs> you know, on the weekends because yeah. this guy has been busted for smoke and dope a couple times yeah and he is a dope um but you know they, they've gotten rid of some malcontents on their roster their you know their their coach seems to be progressive not an idiot like rex ryan but the you know they they sort of like they got rid of a quarter they got rid of a wide receiver now they've brought a wide receiver in it's sort of like at cross purposes it looked like they were they were tanking, and now all of a sudden, well, because I think they did such a bad job of tanking when they saw the wide receiver available, they're like, you know what? Now well, we can make the playoffs. We might as well go for it. McDermott knows them, and so does so does the yeah. general manager from from they're both from Carolina, and Benjamin was from from Carolina. So if they didn't have, have knowledge of him off the field, I don't think they would have. Would Here's have made what I'm going to tell tell you. I'm going to make a bold prediction here. Yeah. As much as Jet fans are kind of thinking and hoping that they're going to reach for that quarterback in the draft. The I got to be honest, the reports coming in on these college quarterbacks are not great this year. They're not. I mean, Barkley could be a great quarterback because he's got the running ability, but I'm not sure. But a lot of the other guys are underwhelming at the moment. I think they're going to pay Kirk Cousins. That's what I think the Jets are going to do. Well, supposedly there are rumors out there that the, that the Steelers may go after Kirk Cousins if Roethlisberger retires. That was the report of somebody. So, yeah. And we're getting off the we're getting off the subject here. We're going to talk I, hockey. I just wanted to. We're, we're talking now. We're yeah, they're, 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 so it is Bills Jets tonight. You know, the no more baseball. Uh, there's some the plenty of hockey games. We'll talk about the games I've seen from last a night. Movie. So my game will be delayed. So do not try and trash talk me on on message like uh, via messenger or text because I won't answer. The previews, uh, the the reviews on that are have been pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Okay, um, hello, hockey world. Today is Thursday, November the second, 2017. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportology, and I'm Michael Agello, not Thor. And this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Uh, there were a few games in the in the uh, NHL last night. We'll start with Pittsburgh Edmonton because we again bemoan the fact that this was not on uh, NBCSN or on NHL Network. And it wasn't exactly again. You know, this is the only two times they, that these two teams met. The first was a two to one overtime victory for the Penguins on a yeah. Phil Kessel overtime goal. And that wasn't exactly one that would be uh, uh, preserved at the Hockey Hall of Fame. And this one was pretty much the same, three to two. Not a phenomenal game. There was a phenomenal play in the game. A Connor McDavid pass of Drysital on a goal that was just incredible. That had everybody a buzz on Twitter. Yeah. But again. Pittsburgh wins, Edmonton loses, Edmonton only scores two goals, McDavid is pretty much held in check, and when you do that, you usually win. Yeah, Edmonton's got problems. They do. Um, Shirelli is the kind of guy that might precipitate an early season trade if he feels like the mojo is off, and the mojo's off. I mean, let's face it. Yeah. Um, did, did Yamamoto play in this game? Um, I'll check, but uh, I, I know they sat him for the previous couple. Yeah, and if they, you know, they did, they did play him. He did play. Okay. But you know, the the thing is, they're closing in on ten games, and yeah. if they're and if they're sitting him out, it's very possible they're going to send him back to the West. I don't Hall. think they are though. I think he's there for the long haul, and I think they just for whatever reason they wanted him to see whatever it is he was going to see. You know, so well, remember, this is the team that kept Drysital for forty games. And, right. and and sent and sent him back, um, and, and for forty, I think it's forty games is the, is the magic mark in terms of a year counting towards UFA. They'll burn right. the first year of entry level if they go past ten, but that might be the mark that they're really concerned with is is burning the is is uh, counting the uh, the progress towards UFA. Seems that way, and and so, but again, I'm not happy with the Edmonton Oilers. I know that's not a great statement to make but because a lot of people are down on them but i was down on them before that i told you when i had been watching them that even their defense just has no no offensive push whatsoever and i think when all this i guess blame goes to sort of mcdavid and even nugent hopkins like when their lines aren't scoring 
you know, teams a lot of times can get scoring from defense to bail them out. They don't get that on this team. They're not getting that. Well, I mean, and now the, the, you, you raise an interesting question here because, I mean, we talked we talked a little bit about, uh, and I'm I'm going to reference uh, Elliot Friedman's thirty thoughts later in the in the podcast and the webcast. Um, the mention of Puliarvi and how Puliarvi is playing uh, in the AHL right now, and maybe possibly him being used as a trade piece uh, to to get. Now the question is, do they go after an offensive? defenseman which will be tough to get but you know if you're trading a guy who's a top five pick that might be that might get somebody that could actually really help them on the blue line or is this simply they need more scoring on the wings you know move dry saddle to center like we were saying yesterday go out and get yourself a a right winger you know chris Kreider was mentioned but there are other people out there you know talk to vegas see if you can get uh James Neal or Evander Kane or somebody who is out there that could be uh, a rental at the deadline. They need more scoring, but I think they need scoring from the blue line as much as anything. I think if their blue line were to be more involved and not such a dead zone when they pass the puck back to sort of get something going, I think it would ignite everybody. So I think that's their biggest problem. Maybe you do have to trade an asset for that, or maybe it's going to be in the draft. It might, you know, Fans don't want to hear it because I know they were thinking Stanley Cup or whatever this year, but if somehow this team tanks and not on purpose, it could be the best thing for them. Because it could be like when Pittsburgh got that final, you know, top pick that they didn't necessarily need and not sprung. I'm talking about before that. And and so, you know, that could be a big deal. Well, okay. I mean, here and most deals right now are centering around Vegas because Vegas is pretty much, I mean, there's been a lot of success with Vegas, but you know, at least from my point of view, that's gravy. But if George McPhee gets a chance to trade one of these veteran guys for somebody who's young, who's really good, a really good prospect, he'd be stupid if he doesn't do it right now. Let's just, let's just put it out there. If Peter Shirelli calls up George McPhee and offers him Jesse Pugliarvi for James Neal. If I'm McPhee, I do it in two seconds. Jesse Pugliarvi? No, I do not do that. No. No. If you're, if you're McPhee or if you're – or if you're, if you're uh, sure. If I'm Edmonton, if I'm McPhee, I get why you want to do it, but I have to look at it from both sides. I can't just look at it one-sided. So you think Edmonton? You think Edmonton's being would be would be stupid? It would be yeah. very short-sided, stupid. Yes. But but if you're if you're McPhee and you're in the gold, Vegas Golden Knights scenario, yeah, then you do it absolutely. Okay. Here's yeah. No, it's you're right in saying that, but I just felt like it needed another side. But but here's the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, sometimes when you do have a team like this, like Edmonton, that looks like they're on the cusp. There are many times they do get hit in the mouth, smacked in the mouth, and take a step back. And this could be one of those years. We don't know yet. Now, Pittsburgh, uh, they're playing back-to-back. They're playing the the Alberta two-step. Edmonton Wednesday, Calgary Thursday. Um, This will – I believe it will be the NHL debut for Tristan Jerry because they they called him up. They did, yeah. It will be his NHL debut, I believe. Now, now, again, I've – followed him just basically because I'm always interested in goaltenders and you know he he was regarded before you know uh, last year or even the year before as close to being as good a prospect in goal as Matt Murray now Matt Murray obviously has has done incredibly well in the NHL and has won two Stanley Cups so you can't take that away from him and I'm not saying that Tristan Jerry is going to unseat him as the number one goaltender because no Matt Murray is that but this is a good young goaltender who they've had to go to maybe a little sooner than they thought because they made a miscalculation on Antti Niemi. And it'll be interesting to see how uh, how he does deals with this because he's not going to get regular work as a number two behind Matt Murray. No, uh, Jerry's really good. I mean, it goes back to his Edmonton Oil Kings days. Yeah. The, um, but he was a backup there, and that's the big thing. Like, Jerry was underutilized for, I think, two seasons there. But then all of a sudden he got he got hot. He was the number one guy. He was in the top prospects game. I noticed him. He got drafted. He he's been on this like sort of slow path, but not really a slow path because he's a goalie and it does take a while. And so it wouldn't shock me if he comes up and and has a mammoth game. And then if he does, then that may precipitate 
Pittsburgh into, you know, making him the backup full time and forgetting about their other plans. Mm. Um, the game of the night, at least the uh, primetime game of the night on NBC was the Chicago Blackhawks and the Philadelphia Flyers. The, Is that even a game? Yeah, the rematch of the 2010 Stanley Cup final. Um, not really. 3 nothing wow. Chicago, a 35-save shutout for Corey Crawford. Uh, Artem and, times, and I watched that on and off, right? And at times it looked ridiculously easy for Crawford, didn't it? Yeah, no, I didn't. I mean, honestly, in the 15, 20 minutes that I watched it, flipping back between that and the World Series, I didn't see him make a tough save. And, you know, it was nothing, nothing through the, through the first. And Isom often Taves get goals in the second period. Debrinket adds a goal in the third. Uh, again, I'm impressed by the Blackhawks' ability to reload their organization with young players. I'm still skeptical of their defense. I mean, I, I don't think – I'm not a big Connor Murphy fan. I, I, I like, you know, obviously oh, – I got to tell you, nobody in Philly is a Connor Murphy fan today because he leveled Taylor Lear. And, and this is something I brought up in an article and on this show. If you remember, I like Taylor Lear. But I also told you that he is a fast sort of defenseless guy against bigger guys like that, whereas when, you know – if, if it was going to be him or Laterra, Laterra is not going to get you a lot of points, but he is much bigger and much stronger. And this is the downside of Taylor Lear now because he got rocked last night. And, you know, already he's not really producing point-wise. So, uh, you know, for all the Taylor Lear love, I don't know if he could hack it at the NHL level because I just don't know. he If he's going to take two more hits like that, he's going to be in trouble. He's played yeah. 11 games and he has two points. Now, Quenville has shifted around his lines. I mean, at the beginning of the year, they had um, uh, they had uh, Kane playing with uh, Ryan Hartman, and I cannot remember the the young center who got hurt. Um, oh, uh, you're talking about Nick Schmaltz. Nick Schmaltz, yes, thank you. Um, now Kane is back with Anisimov. They had yeah. to, they had Debrinket playing with with Taves and Ponick. Uh, one game now Debrinket was playing with Hayden the next game so it, there's yeah. sort of there's sort of a feeling out process right now on the part of Quenville when it comes to his forward lines and I think they were even messing around with they may have used Schmaltz on the top line one game too they might they might have I know that Hartman like, had four points in his first game and has sort of tailed off since then yeah. but he's still still an effective player but where where I'm where I'm a little concerned with them and that's why I brought up Murphy is on on the blue line you've got Seabrook you've got Keith they're experienced they're really good defensemen but really after that they're wholly dependent on you know their imports the Forslings yeah. the Kempneys they brought in Cody Franzen as a as a as an invite to, to training camp and signed him uh Murphy so th they're not particularly strong on the blue line maybe the team concept for defense is, is working because they're not they're not bad defensively but I think if they're going to be serious contenders in the West, they're probably going to have to add a body or two. And they will. You know how they do it. They'll add somebody at the deadline. I'm not so worried about that. I think this game was worrisome for the Flyers for a lot of different reasons. Like, I think I think a lot of people were sort of thinking, hey, they may, you know, have finally found the right lineup. They still missed Andrew McDonald. I mean, they're going to miss him it's, until he's it, back. You know, it's it's funny. Two years ago, they were ready to run Andrew McDonald out of the state because of yeah. the contract, and now now they miss him. The fans don't miss him, but the team does. Yeah. The fans booed him on opening night when they announced his name. It was awful. Jeez, so that's ridiculous. I know, but that's sort of where it's at. But but they miss him defensively, and that's going to be a big thing. You know, when you look when you look at this game, it's like. How does Travis Konechny go through a game without registering a shot on net? Like, that seems impossible, but it happened. Uh, Couturier didn't score this game, which he's not going to score every game, right? Uh, just, again, you look down the line, and they didn't have a lot of shots. Claude Giroux, three shots. He's got to have more shots. Sorry. Uh, Voracek, two shots. Come on. This is Jake Voracek we're talking about. Phil Bullock looked like he actually was doing okay at times. He got yeah. 19 minutes, which – you know, yeah. for him, that's a lot. Phil Pillow was noticeable when I saw Philadelphia and Toronto last week. I mean, he had a he had a pretty good game. The one, you know, just the one one question because they've locked up Giroux, they've locked up Voracek, they locked up Couturier, and a great it looks like a great deal right now with Couturier scoring more. 
Wayne Simmons is making less than four million bucks, and he's up after next year. That's he's the biggest bargain in hockey. Yeah, yeah and, and and they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to. I mean, let's just say there would be a lot of teams interested in him because he plays with he plays with physicality and he has yeah. a really good skill set. There will be teams out there lining up for him if he even gets close to free agency. I mean, is there any? I mean, they they can't talk extension until next July. But is that is that a concern of the Flyers to to you know get him locked up? Uh, I think it is because they do market him a lot. I believe they will lock him up. And, and he's a great guy in the room, as they say. And he's he really is a – for what you see on the ice, as far as him sometimes looking like a frantic, um, overly aggressive guy, he's the opposite off the ice. And so I think he's the perfect mix for Philly, and I think they will re-sign him. I see Gudis went out in that game with an injury. They can't afford that. Like, Mark Alt's already playing. I don't know if Moran's healthy or not yet, but, you know, they're, they're getting very thin quickly on the blue line, and – They've well, got to well, play St. Louis. <laughs> not not only are they thin, they're inexperienced. I mean, yes. Gudis and McDonald are their two most experienced defensemen. So you got a bunch of sec, you know, first and second year guys out there. Now I'm going to bring up something that you probably remember me bringing up earlier in the year when I was coming out of training camp. I felt like they should have maybe picked up a veteran defenseman, somebody that could sort of be hanging around. Right. For these kinds of situations, like a Nick Schultz type, and you know what, that's exactly what they need now. Because I'm not sure bringing up another young guy is the answer, because they have so many, so much youth in that lineup already. They almost need a veteran defenseman. Yeah, and there's no, and there's nobody, there, there's nobody sitting back. You know, they could bring up T.J. Brennan, but he's he's not an NHL or no. anymore, or maybe no. never was. Um, okay, the the game that I paid particular attention to was the Anaheim Ducks and the Maple Leafs, uh, a three one victory for the Leafs. Um, not to say that that this was a must victory, but based on the fact that Getzloff, Kessler, Fowler, and Bieksa were all out of the lineup, I mean that if Toronto had lost that game or not shown up, that there would be there would be significant trouble uh you know from Mike Babcock because I, I believe that he would have probably lost it a little bit because you had you have to take advantage of teams when they have the, a lot of their star players and especially their top two centers and their best defensemen out of the lineup and Anaheim um you know without those players I mean there's not yeah, much, the scoring gets tough right yeah then there's not much of an offensive attack they really couldn't get into the into the leaf zone not to say the leafs played a phenomenal game they they played okay um but uh the patrick marlowe scores in the third period breaks a 1-1 tie scores his 100th career game winner in which is you know that's that's a that's a phenomenal stat but he's he's actually having a pretty good year but the, the interesting thing about marlowe right now in the last couple games mike babcock has used him at center and that was never the intent. That when they signed him in July, there was never any talk of him playing up the middle. But right. they've been so displeased with Tyler Bozak's play early in the year that they've had to shift Marlowe to center. I, I don't think it's going to be permanent. No, but, but he's like such a veteran that it's good that they can do that. Well, I mean, it's a temp. Let's just say this: it's, it's a temporary move, and he's experienced up the middle because he played most of his career up the middle, so you can get away with it on a short-term basis. I, you know, I don't think he wants to play center, but he, you know, he's a he's a team guy, and he's not going to complain. If they were really concerned about them themselves up the middle, the move would be to move Nealander to the middle. But I didn't. I don't think they want to do that one because he he makes up the the you know part of that big yeah. line with Matthews, and they don't want to mess with that. But two, his contract is up, and I don't think they want to move him up the middle. And if he scores big points, that'll mean more money that they have to pay. So I think they're, I think that's one of the reasons. No, this is this is a good win for the Leafs. They needed to get back on the winning track. They played a team that was weakened. They they did what you would expect to do against the team that was weakened. Had they lost that game, they really then Babcock really would have been killing them. So you know, I I don't think any worse of them now, but I at least think. Okay, they are still for real, yeah. and, but how real? I don't know yet. Yeah, and that was their first victory in California in over two years. They've never okay. really done well in, in, in on those West Coast trips. And I'm I'm not going to pat myself on the back because I actually have a sore shoulder right now. But uh, 
I, when the lineup changes happened after the San Jose game, all the analytics crowd were were pumping their chests and going, yay, when Connor Carrick and Josh Levo were put in the lineup and Roman Polak, who is the who who is the poster boy for anti-analytics, was yeah. sat down. And I said, this is temporary. This is only going to be like a game or two. And Roman Polak is in the game is in the game against LA tonight. This is what tells you is that Babcock right now is shifting things around. He's he's putting Casper yeah. Kapanen in tonight for Levo. He put he's putting in Polak for for Carrick. So he's just looking for a winning combo. Plus, this is a guy who was rehabbing for five six months. And whenever I get a chance for us to 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 stick it to the analytics crowd, I I, I love to do it simply because. Sometimes I, I don't understand their point of view. Yeah, no, no doubt. I, I look, I, I don't try and stick it to the analytics crowd like you do, but I, I get what you're saying. Uh, you know what I felt like was the game of the night, and I just watched a little more of it now, was the Predator Sharks. Because not because of the score, but because A, the Sharks really played like the Sharks that had been making it to the Stanley Cup, and there was a lot of heat in that game. There were two fights. The one worry about the Sharks, and this to me now is a worry, the hit where Vlasic got got hit in the corner didn't seem to be that bad of a hit, but the result looked horrible from a head injury standpoint, I mean. And that's I'm worried now because Vlasic's starting to get beat up a little bit more the last couple of years, if you've noticed. Well, he's being used now more than ever as a matchup defenseman against the other team's top lines. So he's being like against the against the Leafs, he was playing against Matthews whenever they could. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I mean, he is a premier defender, so that that only makes sense. But you're when you're playing when you're logging 25 minutes a night, probably killing penalties, uh, you know, matching up against the other team's top line, you're going to get weakened and you're going to get beat up. So, I mean, now I don't know if he has a concussion history or not. I, I don't believe he does, but, you know, I mean, you're going to take more I abuse. A, I think he's had a couple. Um, yeah, I am but not, I'm not 100%. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on that. But one, the one thing with the Sharks, I mean, they were very impressive against Toronto. Um, you know, they still have Martin Jones, who's a really good goaltender. Um Brent Burns has not had a good start this year. He's he struggled offensively. I don't think even think he has a goal yet. And you know, offensively, they, they miss Marlowe a little bit. They're making a little bit of a transition. You know, giving Donskoy more of a responsibility. Timo Meyer is up there now. LeBanc is getting more of offensive opportunities. But in yeah. the end, it re, it really relies. They're really relying on Pavelski, on Couture, and still on Thornton. Um, so, so I, I, you know, can they battle a team like a team like uh, uh, Anaheim, who is loaded? I mean, right now they're injured, but like when it comes down to the playoffs, can they battle a team like that? The, the one thing I have to say that we didn't, I didn't mention, Edmonton. When we were talking about Edmonton and Pittsburgh, Edmonton is thirty-first in the league in, sco- in scoring. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That is, I mean, that's incredibly. I mean. That is unbelievable to have a team that had the only 100-point scorer in the league last year, and now they're 31st in goals. It's just disappointing. T- it's shocking. It's it's completely yeah. shocking. So um, last February, it looked like Vlasic may have had a concussion, although the Sharks said he didn't. He missed some time. Okay. So so that's probably what I was thinking about when when that happened. So we'll keep an eye on it. I mean, it was a, it was a high hit from Johansson. I didn't think it was that bad. Then Johansson fought Pavelski, which again, wasn't much of a fight because Johansson really can't fight. And then, then there was a fight later with Austin Watson and Dylan DeMeo. And now, but here's the thing. And uh, you know, I see announcers around and they may not like that. I'm going to say this. And I don't know who was doing the TV broadcast for San Jose, but I hate when they call guys by their first name. Hate it. Hate it, hate it. It doesn't matter if it's my team or not. You should never be calling a guy by his first name because you know what? There are people that are watching that tune in from Game Center and all kinds of other things, and and you know, and they kept saying Dylan, Dylan, and I'm thinking there is nobody with the last name of Dylan on that team, and that yeah, had a yeah. Brent, Brent, Brendan, Brendan Dylan, Brendan. Oh, but I don't know if their numbers are close. But I, yeah, I, I. Okay, hold I on. I may have been it. I forgot about Brendan Dillon. Never mind. Hold on. 
Yeah, I mean, but uh, I know that it's uh, Jamie Baker is the color ca- commentator because I, I unfortunately here here here's a while Russ is looking that up. Here is a pet peeve of mine, folks, and tell me if you if you are a, if you are a purchaser of the NHL Center Ice Package, and you know there's a bunch of games on, but when they get done with their seven o'clock seven thirty games and they're they're showing the late night games, they don't give you with some of these games they give you the home and home and away broadcast option. Right. They, on for for the Toronto San Jose, they said home and away broadcast option, and then they showed the San Jose broadcast on both channels. So <laughs> if you if you want if you wanted to watch, and because I because I cover the team, I want to watch the Toronto broadcast because it's more centered on the Leafs. I couldn't do it because the center ice package chose not to show that broadcast. So it's it just seems to me that they they do that a lot with Canadian broadcasts they go they will go to fox sports west and won't show the tsn or the Sportsnet broadcast and it's it's a pet peeve of mine but, uh, no it's a good pet peeve i mean i now now if you if you get if you get game center live on the nhl on nhl.com you get both broadcasts you can choose right. the one that you want you can listen to the radio if you want but do we think this is a possible bandwidth issue and and whoever your cable provider is decides well, I'm not going to devote all that bandwidth to that. Is that possible? It you know it it may be it may be something like that because uh, my particular cable carrier is Spectrum, and they and don't, they don't have the best reputation, right? Yeah, they they don't, and and I know that the NHL for, for this year for the first year I think I believe with certain carriers like Directv, if you buy the Center Ice package, you get Game Center live on your computer or on your phone for free. Yeah. Spectrum does not provide that. Okay. Which, which which really stinks, but anyway. Yeah, it was anyway. Brendan Dillon last last night. So my my apologies. Oh, so it was it was Brendan it was Brendan Dillon. I, I okay. was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. <clears throat> a broken clock is right twice a day. That happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is some serious stuff going on in the chat room here. I'll I'll just address the they people want to know about the Rangers. Defensive alignment. Well, or lack let, let let me bring let me bring this up. This let me just let's just mention the one other game that we that was on the yeah. schedule yesterday. Because if I ignore the Vancouver Canucks, you know, the people will say it's because I'm biased against them. Uh, but they lost <laughs> to nothing to the to the New Jersey Devils, who are now nine and two. And nine and two, they're a fluke, right? Yeah, they're terrible. They're just unbelievably bad. And 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 at perfect timing. New Jersey plays their next game in Edmonton, so Taylor Hall gets to go back and and hopefully puts a hat trick on the Edmonton Oilers in revenge for trading them. Um, okay, so um, Elliot Friedman and his thirty thoughts uh, po- postured or postulated about the New York Those Rangers. Big words, Mike. People, yeah. you know, listening well, and watching spec- me. He speculated about the New York Rangers and where they are right now. And we've talked about that. You've got an aging Lundquist. You've got a couple players like Nash or UFA. Um, he, you know, he sh- said that, you know, they have a couple young players like Leah Anderson, who's doing really well in the SHL, uh, Scheidel, who uh, was with them for a time before getting sent to the American it's Hartford. Hockey. He's doing well in Hartford, too. Yeah, and uh, Shashurkin is the, the goalie of the future, supposedly. At least people think he's... Well, I mean, here's the thing. With a Russian goalie, you can never call him the goalie of the future until he's actually in North America. Right. That's my rule of thumb for that. Right. But what, what Friedman was speculating on is whether this is the time that the Rangers consider sort of a reset because you've got a couple players, you know, you've got the Kreider's got two years left in his contract. You've got uh, Zuccarello with an, with a year left after this year, Ryan McDonough with a, with a year left after this year. And is this the time that they, you know, do what Toronto did and a couple other teams did and trade? They won't do it. Well, that's then. That's what I'm asking you. So you, so you think there's no scenario possible that this, this is this is the yes. Team. You know what? The one scenario possible, if somehow Henrik Lundqvist got injured and they didn't think he'd be back for the rest of the season, then that scenario would be possible because then they would be like, okay, we don't know what the status of him is anymore. We don't have a goalie in the system anymore. Right. Pavlik's now our goalie. Are we going back to the days of where Mike Dunham? 
was the starting goalie for the Rangers. Like that's where they would be at, right? And right. it wasn't that long ago, but it was pre-Lundquist. And so I think that's the only possible scenario where that happens because otherwise you would have to trade Lundquist if he's healthy, and I don't think he wants to go anywhere, and I don't think they want to trade him. Because I, I'll tell you right now, if for teams out there that are looking for a top two defenseman, if all of a sudden Ryan McDonough is on the trade block and all of a sudden he's being offered a round, line up. Because that's a guy that that's a that's a guy who would be a difference maker for a team like Toronto or a team like Edmonton, uh, you know, looking for a defenseman. I mean, I I think he he I, he's one of I think he's a he's a great defenseman. I still think he's yeah. really good. He has nobody to be paired with. That's the problem. So like when you paired him with Brendan Smith the other night, it was awful, right? So now people are like, why is Brendan Smith scratched? Brendan Smith is scratched because the Rangers saw something in the playoffs in him that I didn't believe existed. If you remember, we talked about it, and I thought he played better than he normally would play, but it was such a small window. Right. They signed him on a deal based on that window, and he has proved nothing this year. So he deserves to sit. Now, Steve Camper being in, yeah, that's tough because the other day he didn't even know which side he should be on for that first goal, and that was rough. But maybe with a little more familiarity, a little more playing time, he'll play a little better. But they got to get it together. And so, like, I can't kill him for – Boy, for, they're, they're – they're, they're, I mean, they're scrambling right now. First, first they're playing D'Angelo. deck chairs on the Titanic for that. Right. They're, they're playing D'Angelo 20 minutes. Now they send him to the minors. Then they're playing Nick Holden. Now they're playing Stephen Camper. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not a good situation there. No, and they have some young defensemen in, uh, in Hartford that are, you know, in a year or two can be really good. And so, you know, they just signed Crowley, right, from who played with the London Knights. Yeah. You know, he's a really good defensive defenseman. But, you know, he's not going to be ready for another – he probably needs this full season and maybe another full season to get there, you know. And so, you know, and that could be – wait, is it not, it's not Crowley. Hold on. What's his uh, – hold on. Crawley. I don't want to mispronounce. We have Chris Drury actually on our, uh, on our XM show this week talking about <laughs> – that player and and my we don't talk about my cat Anna but we you know we could but we um but we don't yeah, we, all, no, we, all, uh, we we almost had Ty Anderson on the show it would have been dueling cats because we've seen his cat yeah. jump up into the uh into the little cubby hole behind uh, his camera um, Brandon Crawley is a pretty good defenseman that they got as a free agent signing right and so and you know and the, so but that's again you know you're a couple of years Sean Day you're probably a year to two years. So right. they have some guys. They have to bridge the gap, and that's going to be the hard part for them is bridging the gap. So even okay, so let's let's just play out the scenario. So if they if they continue to be sort of mediocre, you know, three, four, six, seven points out of a playoff spot, you know, as the deadline is approaching, you still believe all they're going to do is trade off their their UFAs. They're not going to make. Yeah, they're not. That's all they'll do. They'll trade off some UFAs for draft picks, and and that's all they'll do. Okay. Um, this is like the, you know, if, if the team is going to not do well record-wise, it'll be like the Rangers in the 2000s. One update on the Shipachev uh, situation. He is in Russia. He's flown back to Russia. Yeah, and yeah. there was there was a, a photo. I still don't know which team he's got his sights well, on. Well, no, we I think we do. There was a photo of uh, his hometown team, Severstal. Oh, and they had a there was a photo there was a photo of the, like the their trainer in the locker room, and in the background there was a Shipachev jersey. So wait a minute. So for all the people talking about Shipachev and what might happen, there was one guy who was mentioning Severstal. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't recall no. who it was though. I said, yeah, it's, 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 it's just banging at my memory. I can't. I can't. It was on this show, folks. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, but who was it? It wasn't me. It wasn't. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe it was Kevin. It's only because I, get, it's only because I got. <laughs> it was Kevin Allen. That's who it was. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Because um, I get good information from there. But the point was, you heard it here first, so that's why you shouldn't miss this show. Okay, on the on the schedule, there are twelve games tonight. We won't. We'll just mention some of them. Um, yeah. Going 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 backwards to forwards here. Sabers, Coyotes in Arizona. Coyotes are one eleven and one. The Sabers are not having exactly a great year themselves. Three seven and two. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Pittsburgh goes to uh, Calgary. 
Calgary's only six and six. I'm a little surprised. The thought that they would, you know, they we knew they got off to a little bit of a slow start, but that team is t- too talented to be. I mean, it's only 12 games, but I, I thought they would be get off to a much better start than this. It's only 12 games, though. Yeah, uh, the Carolina at Colorado. Uh, Colorado six and five, much better record than most people expected. Uh, Hurricanes still. Well, everybody's played 12, 13, 14. They've only played 10 games, so it's... Yeah, something to mention. Mm. And there's a, there's a reason I'm going to mention this with Calgary. So right now, you know, this week on, on my XM show, we actually have Craig Conroy on talking about some of their guys. Tyler Parsons is one of them. Do you know where he's playing? He's playing in the E, isn't he? He's playing in the ECHL, but do you know what city? <sighs> no, I don't. Kansas City. He's playing for the Kansas City Mavericks. Remember, this is the tester program for that building to oh. see how he goes again in that building because that building is an NHL ready building. Right. And so, you know, so right now Parsons is there because you got John Gillies in the A that they want those guys to be getting top as many games as they can. Yeah. Cause they're both really good. Cause again, Mike Smith is not going to be there forever. No, no, but he's got an, he's got another year on his contract right. after this. Right. And, they, and they, well, I mean, one of those goals will be 21 next year, and right. Gillies, I think, will be 23. Yeah. Going on 24, well, and that's good for them. One of those goaltenders will be will be Smith's backup next year because Eddie yeah. Lack's contract will be up unless they renew Eddie Lack's contract. Right. So, you know, and yeah, I mean, the, uh, Toronto had three goaltenders. They sent Casimir Cascasuo to Chicago because of the Vegas's goaltending problems to yeah. fill in. And they're playing, and then they're right now they're splitting duties between Pickard and uh, and uh, and Garrett Sparks. But they but they had originally sent Cascasuo down to the ECHL because they didn't want him sitting around doing nothing. So it's better to, better to play even at a lower level than to yeah. to sit at the. Now, at Mike, just just so I could save you the hate, um, if we don't mention, there's this massive breaking news right now, okay. and. And the chat room has been trying to tell us this for practically the whole show. Okay. So, yeah, Auntie Ranta's playing tonight. That's the massive news. Oh, okay. Great. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you treated it with the the care that it deserves. If I had, the, if I had that music. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. Uh, d- Dallas and the uh, Winnipeg Jets uh, is another game tonight. Uh, the Canadians coming off a 8-3 uh, thrashing of the Ottawa Senators uh, play in Minnesota against the Wild, who, without Zach Parise, they're 4-4-2 right now. Flyers, second of back-to-back nights. They play. That's a, now, this is a tough back-to-back. Chicago on Wednesday and St. Louis on Thursday. That's bad. Come on, that's not that hard. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty rough. And they play Colorado on Saturday, who's been pretty good, too. Yeah, uh, the Blue Jackets, who are eight and four right now, play the Panthers, who are four, six, and one. Uh, most likely, James Reimer will be starting that game because I can't envision them play starting anti. That's Wilson. a win for Columbus. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't emphasize it enough. It's it, this is a team I think that has talent, but the goaltending is going to undo. No, that. they can score goals, but they have yeah. to stop goals. Yeah, they have to prevent them. Uh, the Rangers play the red hot Tampa Bay Lightning, who are ten two and one. Uh, Steve, give me the odds of the Rangers winning this game. Um, zero. It, it, I'm not going to give you no, not 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 Blue Tarski's great point average, but I'll give them a five percent chance. It was interesting. Uh, Steven Stamkos was interviewed on primetime sports in in Canada, and made the statement that he doesn't think that he'll ever feel 100% again um, based on the fact that, you know, how many injuries he's had. Now, based on the fact he's had, he's had a great start of the season, um, if you were to – I mean, okay, say, for example, he had signed with Toronto or Detroit or Buffalo uh, and had the same injury. He comes back and he's performing like that, but he says what he says – and you have seven more years left on a contract, and he says he's not feeling 100%. I would be scared if I was – No, I wouldn't be. Dude, he's got 24 points. I know. I know. He's having – I mean, I don't understand the statement. I mean, he's having a great – I do understand the statement. The statement is basically, I don't think I could score 60 goals anymore. Okay. you got to remember, when you're that good and you've reached that level, 
players know. Like, look, Mike, I, I don't want to say this to you, and I'm breaking this to you, but I'm not 100% compared to what I was when I was 20-something either. Like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm better than I was when I was no, there. you're not. Yes, no. I am. I'm, no. I, I improve with age. I'm like a I've, heard your, I've heard your previous radio stuff. You were better back in the day. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. No, but my point is none of us are a hundred percent compared to like when we're in our prime. I think that's all he's saying. And I'm not worried about it from his perspective because he's on pace to get 80 points this year. Yeah. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings play the Ottawa senators who have only lost twice in regulation already after 12 games, they've got five loser points. That's, yeah. you know, they, I mean, in the end of the, at the end of the season, when you have all those single points, it does add up and it does help you get into the playoffs. But uh, I'm sure that, uh, but you have to figure out how to win sometimes. And that's, again, they got to beat the Capitals, but then again, the Capitals have to beat them too. The Capitals, what's happened to them right now? I mean, they're, they're not well, the same right this moment. I mean, the Capitals, their defense. the Capitals are five, six and one. They're playing the Islanders who are seven, four and one. Yeah. Which this is, is a game the Capitals need to win, and if Holpe's playing, Holpe needs to shine like Holpe used to shine too. He's got a good save percentage, but he's—I don't think he has the same sort of presence in net that he did a couple of years ago. Thing is, the Capitals can be shut down now. It, it, it's easier said than done, and, and Ovechkin—you know—I mean, he scored a ton of goals to start off the season, but again, you have Ovechkin, you have Backstrom. If you shut—if you shut down. Kuznetsov and Ovechkin. Backstrom is more of a playmaker than he is a pure yeah. scorer. So you can maybe get away with putting your top checkers against Kuznetsov and Ovechkin. And if you not say let Backstrom have free reign, but you know, you 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 have a good chance of beating them if you can shut Ovechkin down. And yeah, I, right think, now, I think Backstrom is like the Godzilla to uh, Ovechkin who's King Kong. And, and the thing about Godzilla was you could shut Godzilla down. You could never shut down King Kong, right? Because King Kong, like for a little while, you might knock him off his perch. Does, but does that mean T.J. Oshie is Megalon? Rodan. I think Rodan. Because, this, you know, <laughs> Rodan, you just you never knew what you were getting in Rodan. Sometimes Rodan was just unbelievable and fantastic. And then other times Rodan was just invisible. And Oshie... I like Oshi. I think he's he's got moments, but he needs to have more moments for what he's getting paid. At least that's from my perspective. But but Backstrom is that weird weird kind of dude, and so yeah, I'm going to call him the Godzilla of this team. Uh, Vegas visits the Boston Bruins on their lengthy East Coast road trip. Uh, Vegas is eight and three, but lost to the Rangers six to four. Uh, on Tuesday, I believe. Uh, the Bruins are 4-3-3. Three, three. For Vegas, it's going to be Maxime Legacy again in net. Now, I had somebody ask me the question, you know, why doesn't Vegas trade for even a, a backup just to get them through this? Right now, you've got Flurry uh, with, out with a concussion, but he's day-to-day. Subban is going to be out for maybe two or three more weeks. Dansk is, is a day-to-day thing. They're not going to trade for a goaltender because in two weeks they're going to have too many goaltenders. It's, yeah. If this was, if they this just got it out. Yeah. If this was a team, and I also say this, if this was a team that was looking at a realistic chance of making the playoffs, and maybe that's their mindset, but I, I still think, I think if they were, if they were say Dallas or if they were Los Angeles, they would go out and get themselves a, a, a stopgap for a few weeks. But they're not, so they're sort of playing with house money, and they're still eight and three. So why not? Yeah. Now, uh, because you intentionally don't want to talk about a good story, we should mention that Brian Boyle skated for fifteen minutes last night. He he started right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I I was. Well, I know I, we talked about the Devils, but I I realized yeah, we, we, we talked right. we talked too quickly about the Devils. I'm sure Devils yeah. fans are pissed off, but yeah, no, it's it, it is a good story. I'm very and I'm very glad to see Brian Boyle back. He was a you know he had a good 15 or 16 games with the Maple Leafs last year. He's an effective veteran player, and he was yeah. struck with the same sort of uh, a rare form of leukemia that Jason Blake had a few years back, and it's miraculous that this 
form of leukemia, but can be controlled and cured, I believe, with medication. So I'm very happy for him. I know he's got a, a young family, so it's great that he's going to be able to continue his career and hopefully, you know, knock on wood, stay healthy. Yeah. Um, last game, uh, and I planned it this way, Maple Leafs and L.A. Kings, second of back-to-back. In- Wait, did we mention the Bruins? Yeah. Oh, we did? Okay, we should mention that. I, oh, I mean, well, no, yeah, we, we mentioned it yesterday, but um, – but bring it up again, though. Yeah, but David Backus, I mean, when the news came out that he was having surgery to remove part of his colon, I mean, the first thing that – That's all we knew. That's all yeah, we knew. Yeah, the first, the first thing that I thought of in, is, you know, the C word, and thankfully it's not that. It's diverticulitis, right. which is – I think it's a, paral- a paralyzing of part of the colon, yeah. and um, it's, it's rather painful – um, now that they take out a section of his colon, he'll be out for eight weeks, but it sounds like he'll be back a hundred percent after that. So yeah, he will. But, but the idea is it's going to hurt right now. Yeah. They're, they're not the greatest team to begin with. No, no. And, uh, I mean, they're, they've, they've dealt with big injuries so far this year with, uh, with, with Rask, uh, McAvoy was hurt in, in preseason. Um, but you know, right now they're a little a one game over 500, so they're sort of weathering it. But uh, you know, they're not a deep, deep organization right now, so they need all hands on deck. As long as they can keep Pasternak and and Marchand in the lineup, they have enough scoring. But they need Rast to, to play and and that young defense to come through. <clears throat> as I was saying, the other the other game on the schedule is the Leafs and the Kings. Uh, the two teams met last last Monday. Leafs won three to two in Toronto. Um, it's going to be Curtis McElhaney playing the second of back-to-back for Toronto, which gives the LA a, a major edge because McElhaney yeah. is, you know, he's a good backup, but he's not, he's not Frederick Anderson who's played two really. Is this good a game teams. that even if he's not looking great, they're going to just let him ride it out because it's just a day off and that's it. They don't care. Well, they play they play in St. Louis on Saturday, so I I don't think they want to bring Anderson in because right. he's going to start on and he and Anderson has started the, the Leafs have played fourteen games, they're eight and six. Anderson has played thirteen of the fourteen games. Yeah. So McElhaney is going to start, and I would even if the, even if the if, if the Leafs give up seven goals, I think McElhaney is going to stay in for all of them. So, okay, good show, Russ. Mike, uh, Mike, I got one more bit of breaking news. Oh, okay. Looks like Kate Upton will be off the market as of this weekend. Are you upset about that? I thought they were already married. No, they were not. Oh. But they're getting married this weekend, her and Justin Verlander. Oh, well, congratulations. But, uh, and also, Carlos. That wasn't even, like, heartfelt. I mean, could you even try a little less? No, Carlos Correa apparently proposed to his girlfriend in the post-game celebration. Yeah, that Uh, was nice. And and it was funny the way he planned it out. I heard it. Uh, although Harold Reynolds seemed very confused by the whole thing because he thought he was playing with the with the ring in his back pocket and Correa kept saying, no, 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 I gave it to the locker room guy and I said, I don't want to jinx the team. When the third out occurs, then please bring it out and then I'll do it. And, and it's great. It was cool. I saw that on the field. It was nice. So when they get eliminated from the playoffs next year, that's when she'll file for divorce. Uh, <laughs> for us going, I'm Michael Ajel. Thanks for watching and remember, without the buzz. It's just hockey. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.